All right, welcome everybody to No One Likes a Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated a fast and a furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl, this week we watched Too Fast, Too Furious for the mm. 15th time. Wow. Would you, were you able to build up any sort of excitement to watch this movie? Not one lick of it. <laughs> Not one iota of excitement Mm -hmm, came around mm -hmm. watching this movie. I watched it on my phone this morning, Mm -hmm. which I got to say, not a terrible experience. I've done done a few phone watches in in the past. Yeah, it's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. It's like a, it's sort of minimized. It's like a little picture in picture with your life. Exactly. And I'm like, I've been very down with that type of viewing for the past (laughs) few seasons. I'm not going to lie. Just like, ah, like, just to have it there, it does provide some sort of um, comfort and consistency in the background. But it also sort of like has it has an effect where like, ooh, like I'm doing something that like I was supposed to do. I'm sort of like knocking out a side task while doing my other tasks or knocking out this while I'm doing something else. Totally. And it like magnifies the, um, daily level of accomplishment when I'm totally. able to do two things at once. Yeah, I I mean I completely agree. It's like um it's so much easier to do that. I did sit down with the phone this time and just sort of watch it on the phone. Mhm. Nice. Which I thought was good, basically. Mhm. I thought it was good. It was like I really narrowed in on it, you know? A little po- yeah, a little pocket-sized movie. That's okay. A little pocket-sized movie, and it allowed me to stop focusing a lot on the background details and really focus a lot on the foreground details, <laughs> I, I, i.e. what's happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, how was your watch-through this week? You're in Brooklyn. I mean, You're in BK, I can see. Right. In BK, uh, it's nice. I mean, the, the, I think the fun thing about this movie is that you're always transported to um, just like shitty ass florida uh, anytime you want to you'll just yeah. like travel to florida with these two boneheads and uh you know have a good time yeah totally it's a good time this movie mm-hmm. I, that's how i feel about it. it's a good time it's right. a good it's a good time it's a uh, good time I, it's a good time i think paul walker's having a good time making yeah. this movie yeah. and i think one of the main things i want to talk about this week was that mm. right like we haven't talked to it. We haven't talked about it at length at any point. But like, mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's obviously not in this movie, and right. Paul all. Walker is. Paul Walker's yeah. having a good time. Yeah. Like, but what's going on with uh, Vin Diesel such that he? So I did a little bit of research, tried to figure out what was going on. Mm. So, um, so they pitched. So they pitched the script for Too Fast, Too Furious to Vin Diesel. A, a um, version, I assume, a version of the script that included Dominic Toretto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, upon review, and I, I'm not sure when the dollar sign was attached to it, but it seemed like a 25 million dollar contract to join Too Fast. But upon reading the script, he was like, "Shit sucks." Nah. And yeah. he and I, I wanted your thought on this, but some of the reasoning cited for that in statements that he gave later on were that um, he saw the original Fast and Furious movie as a if not a classic already, something that could like enter yes. as a classic and the canon. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And he, he, he upon reading 
all of his movies are like should be in the Criterion Collection. Right. Every single one. He's like, yeah, they're all classics. Right. <laughs> they're and, and he liked it. And he liked in the the original Fast and the Furious movie. He was like, oh, you know, like too fast. Like uh, when I'm, when thinking about a sequel, an appropriate sequel for this movie, he wanted to go along the lines of a Francis Coppola. Um, sequel. <laughs> and I read that. I was like, um, excuse me? Like young Dominic Toretto in Italy. Like Dom- yeah. Domenico Toretto. Right. <laughs> like, he thinks he's the godfather. He he thinks like... He like, does. This right? is the ethos of Vin Diesel, is that he yeah. thinks these movies are the godfather. <laughs> he fucking does. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, so he declined on those grounds. He was like, "All right, okay. well, the, the script kind of sucks. Like, I really envisioned this being like a Godfather type sequel, and mm-hmm. obviously, by reading the script, it is not. Oh. And um, uh, what some of the background also was that I think when he originally was working on the original Fast and the Furious movie, yeah. um, toward the end of it, he took some ownership of it and like." put some extra effort into making it more street into giving more street cred to the characters and the places and the okay, stuff that was like going a on. sort of real heightened realism type of thing okay mm-hmm. cool uh i think i think that's admiral i think that's a really good cool thing and i think absolutely yeah that street aspect uh carries through to the movie that makes sense yeah. but um i think upon reading the uh, yeah upon reviewing too fast he was like unsavable like not worth my time to even try to I mean, revive this movie it's yeah. it's so much in the style of a, of like a 80s 90s like garbage sequel that it was right. unredeemable from a sort of actor producer standpoint like good on him standing on first of all good on him like standing on his merits right like and and on his principles and being like yeah, you're offering me a bunch of money. Is twenty five million really? That cannot be the number. That's what it said. It's like I We're, think I read what, a couple of things. What's you read a couple things that said that you have multiple try- sources? Yeah, I was trying to figure out what it was, and I think he put out. Yeah, he had a few statements, and I think the number was twenty five million. He was offered. Okay, if I was a movie, if I was the head of a studio of Universal Studios in two thousand three. Uh, or 2002 when this movie was being made and I heard one of my executives offered Vin Diesel 25 million dollars <laughs> to, to do the sequel for the Fast and Furious I'd be like you're fired immediately <laughs> that right? is the worst deal in his not that like I don't mean Nick Nocera doesn't believe Vin Diesel's like worth money to be in mm-hmm. movies like I'd love the guy I say pay him but like where Vin Diesel was at in his career in 2002 mm-hmm. and like where, what the sequel, like the, the state of the script, it's just like being like $25 million is so much fucking <laughs> Are you sure? money. Are you like sure? maybe $4 million. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe four. So, um, so yeah, there are the yeah, yeah. there are those things. All of yeah. that, I, I think I sort of agree with that as well. Just like yeah, staying on your merits. Like if it's if it seems like a half-ass project, then yeah, good yeah, on you because it. like good on you. you don't like you don't have enough foresight to know that like this is gonna turn into a 
mega franchise. And yeah. honestly, after reading that script, like, and the and sort of taking that as a sign for where everybody else, whatever at Universal and otherwise, sort of wants to take this thing, like, that's yeah. a bad sign. And that's a I I and I thought about like what that in contrast with like, ooh, like you should be loyal to the franchise, blah blah blah. But like, if you're if you're a working actor, like, you, you gotta, gotta make, make good decisions. Paul Walker was making money here, you know, like, and he was, as we've discussed, one of the most loyal dudes to this franchise, you know, one Mm -hmm. of the dudes who's propelled this thing to, uh, to new heights. But yeah, he was making money in this movie, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, that all being said, I would have loved it if Vin was in this movie. Yeah. I would have, I really, I would have loved it. Even mm-hmm. with sort of a shitty script, right? Like even uh-huh. with, even with the script as as sort of whatever it is as it is, it'd be fun to have like charming Vin Diesel in this movie. Mm-hmm. I like, and if we could, yeah, we can play with that idea for a little bit. Like I, I'm trying to think about how in this universe they would bring Dominic Toretto to Florida because I assume that sort of the pre- the basic premise for Too Fast was like that they went to Florida and that most of the movie was set there anyway. So I wonder what kind of tie in they had in mind to get Dominic Toretto from his major crash to Florida and potentially what effects, what ripple effect would that have had on the rest of the series? Probably by boat from Mexico. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Fast boat. It would have been like a, like a speed two, speed two kind of uh, a speed variation. two kind of situation. I could definitely get into like the speed two flavor of this. <laughs> yeah. yes, man. It's like, oh, well, how many knots is this? Yeah, I feel like you need to need to attach some nos tanks to this boat to get those uh, extra knots. Speed twos. It's not good. It's not good. Sandra, did Sandra come back and Keanu didn't? Is that the deal? I can't remember. Uh, I haven't seen Speed 2 in forever. Keanu definitely didn't come back. I don't, I don't remember. Think, I think Sandra, Sandra did. Then. I think it was just one of them who didn't come back. Mm-hmm. I remember that was one of the. I remember that was one of the movies that I was allowed to watch as a kid, like an action movie. Like, pretty sure it was rated R, but like I was watching it maybe eight to ten years old. Yeah. Just the concept of like, oh, out of control bus was like pretty entertaining oh. for me as a ten year old. Speed is a classic. Speed oh, one yeah. is, is a true is a true classic. Much yeah. like Vin Diesel <laughs> 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 feels about the Fast and the Furious. I feel about Speed One. It's yeah, a true yeah. classic. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh and Sandra and like Keanu have like insane chemistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um I don't know yeah, if you put very, out the. I don't know if you put out the survey yet, but I feel like we could put a speed movie on the uh, potential. I just sent it out, so maybe next cycle. But that's a yeah. great, great idea. I think that'd be fun. That'd be a fun watch. Um, I on the, back to too fast, too furious. Um, I was thinking about like, you know, we've talked about like these people are ultra lucky that this thing. That was really going down the toilet, sort of turned into this mega multi-billion dollar franchise. I I really do feel, I really do feel that way. But like, if I was a, if I was a secondary character in Too Fast, 
and didn't is not that is not included in the wider franchise. I would be so rip shit that <laughs> Ludacris got as big a sort of piece of this as he did. Mm-hmm. Tyrese, I understand. Tyrese is the second main character in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's the supporting character. Ludacris has a bigger role as Devin Aoki or even like Jin. Jin the rapper. Jin yeah. the rapper. Like, Ludacris' role is not that big, right? Right, like, right. He's, he's certainly on the level, at least, of Devin. To be fair, honestly, like, Jin would have, uh, could have matured into, like, the hacker type person. Yeah, the Ludacris character, one... for sure. Exactly, for sure. right? He could have absorbed all the tech stuff because he was already able to assess inside of the spider and the Evo, kind of the... Like, how intertwined the, technology. the GPS was. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and he, I think he would have been great. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. good at acting. <laughs> well, <laughs> as we can see from like the poker scene, which is his really his main shining role, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, where he raps a little bit and then sort of puts down his cards, and then Ludacris beats him with a royal flush. First, a couple things about that. Jin is not good at acting. Is he good at rapping? I have no <laughs> contextual information outside this movie, so I'm gonna say no. At the time, at the time, he was good at rapping compared to the average rapper. He was All right. Well, how average. was he compared to Ludacris? Definitely less famous. Less Definitely famous. better rapper not. though. Like I'm just talking about rap quality. Mm, he, no. Honestly, Jim Jin kind of falls in the into the category of a gimmick rapper, as far gimmick as I'm rapper. concerned. Ooh. He does like he he did he does the rap battles, which is a very difficult thing to do. But yeah, his whole thing was that he always had a um, like a Chinese rap that he would intertwine with it, and that's not unheard of for rappers to yeah. have a second language and to be able to to connect across audiences with sure. a second language. Primarily, um, what's that guy? D Smoke. There was like a Netflix rap battle show, and the guy oh, okay. that won it, he spoke English and Spanish. He's from like Compton, and yeah. very skilled rapper. But he was also able to do the bilingual yeah. rapping. Bilingual Wasn't there a Hasidic rapper at some point who did yeah, that? Yeah, well? Modest Yahoo. Yeah, Modest Yahoo. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, continue so, with Jim. It, it, it kind of depends, though. I mean, like the the modern really like, D Smoke like is a skilled rapper in both right. languages and is able to do that. But uh, Jin, I always felt like the battle rapping, the Chinese rap. I don't understand Chinese, so maybe that's part of it as well. But that always seemed to be the thing. Like, oh, he's like the do your Chinese parents, rapper. Do your parents? They're they're first generation. Yeah, so they yeah. were born here. They yeah. speak Chinese, but they speak Chinese. Not very well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Not like yeah. not like nice Chinese. They speak like at home like Chinese. They can That's understand like a my, bunch of stuff. Yeah. My grandparents who were first generation actively forgot Italian. They exactly. all spoke it when they were kids. And then they were like, I have no interest in speaking or being Italian whatsoever. I don't want to interact <laughs> with any other people. I don't want to interact with any people. That's exactly right. They were like, I'm fucking American. You can go suck a dick. Yeah. See you later. 
Go learn some. Go learn English. Go get, Nick. Go be good at English. All right. Learn English That's first. How my then maybe felt. you learn Italian later. That's on. how my grandparents felt. They had yeah. no. They really didn't want to be Italian. So, um, yeah. But Jin Jin's rap in this movie is not great. <laughs> yeah. It sounds freestyled on the spot, and if it is, it's okay. If it's not, if it was written by Jin for the scene. It's not amazing. <laughs> I'd say. Probably. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but, so his acting isn't super good, but I could definitely see him, like, having that sort of hacker role. Like, growing I mean, but Ludacris' acting isn't very good either, you know? So, uh, like... It's much better I, I think, in the later movies. Right, right, right. But, so, the I think the comparison that stands out to me uh, on this topic here is... Uh, what are the names of the um, the buff dudes? Uh, who are the people? You talking who about Roberto for, uh, and Enrique, or are you talking Robert- about? Oh, yeah, Robert- you, yeah. You're talking I'm about talking the about- thugs, Robert- Roberto and Enrique, versus the two other are like stunt driver guys whose names I can't remember. Uh, well, I'm talking about Roberto and Enrique, and yeah. like their significance in this story is basically the equivalent of. Um, Don Omar and Tego in the later movies, but my assumption here is that sort of Don Omar and Tego got paid a lot more and oh, br- got brought back. Oh, extremely a lot like, more. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I don't yeah, know I don't if know. Uh, Those, Roberto and Enrique had the chops. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they had the chops in it to sort of uh, grow with the franchise. No, I don't think so either. Although, I mean, <laughs> it'd be nice to see him again. <laughs> you know, uh, that's yeah. always how I feel. But like, imagine if you were Leon, Johnny, whatever his name is, Johnny mm. Acting, or whatever his yeah. stupid <laughs> fucking name is. I don't even remember what it is. It's pretty incredible, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he... He must be like, I would be rip shit. I'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I was obviously alive at the end of that movie. What happened to this, the side on? I yeah. was alive and I'm in the way better fucking movie. <laughs> like, I, I, you know? Like, that's the other thing is like, I'm in the good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm part of the family in the good one. Why didn't right. you take anybody from the fucking good one? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, that would yeah. really, really, really piss me off. Um, yeah, so I thought about that. And the Enrique, back to Enrique and Roberto. Sorry, we're jumping around a little bit, but like, to this watch through really felt weird to me that like there's a pair of people who are Enrique and Roberto, and there's a pair of people who are the, like the enemy drivers, mm-hmm. and like they're two pairs of two sort of big thuggish muscle dudes. But they're like different. Mm-hmm. It's like, should we just kind of combine these four characters into two characters? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I feel like they could both play the same sort of function in the, in the arc of the movie. That we don't mm-hmm. need these two confusing sort of sets of bro characters. And I, I, but I do love our stunt driver. Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck his name is. You know uh, his name, John. Right? Yeah, John uh, Casatiempo. 
Yeah, John Cassatiempo <laughs> is the unsung hero of this franchise. <laughs> he made it. Like, in terms of people he who made, made it. it, like, he made he it. Made <laughs> he made it. it. He's in seven for sure. I think he's in eight, too. Uh-huh. He made it. So, he did. good for him. Yeah, yeah. The I think the Neil Moritz saw that line delivery. Ooh, did you get these cosmetic cereal bags? <laughs> and was like, you gotta have, we gotta have, Yo, gotta you're have. in, dude, you're in. Yeah, he's been around though. He does a lot of stunt work. Like he's yeah. he's a big time car stunt guy, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Um, and our friend is our friend. What's his name on YouTube? Our not friend friend. Oh. uh... Craig Lieberman. Craig Lieberman. Is he the guy who gets run over by the truck in this movie? Mm, I feel like no. I feel like the guy who gets run over by the truck has like strong Guy Fieri vibes. He has extreme Guy Fieri vibes. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, really, it's like the soul patch. Mm -hmm. He's got a soul patch, which I know Guy Fieri doesn't have, but also... Extremely feels like a Guy Fieri thing to do. Yeah, bleached. Right? Yeah, bleach tips and a nice bowling or Hawaiian shirt, open collar, short sleeve. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm not totally caught up with all the Craig Lieberman stuff, but I feel like I've seen like old pictures of him. him. Yeah, the thing with Craig Lieberman. Is he's kind of a weird dude. All right, I'm going to like sling some shade on Craig Lieberman <laughs> on YouTube. Go check him out. Assess for yourself. He's he's definitely like a, an industry car guy. He feels like he promotes himself as maybe more of an industry car guy than he maybe is. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I get that vibe. He's kind of a weird dude. He posts a lot on Instagram about like imports... Like, jokes about, like, imports, where the joke is, like, import car, but he has a picture of, like, a foreign model. Mm. Like, a foreign lady model. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's like, look at these imports. It's like, what the fuck, man? Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm extremely not down <laughs> with that vibe at all. Uh-huh. Um, and then he likes to talk about the cars, which is great for him and the cars. I don't give that much of a shit about the cars, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like them and how they look and, like, how they sound, but, like, I don't know. I, you know, I just don't need to know, like, who did the, like, stick-on decals for Brian's skyline in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with that. Like, I think the level of detail is, um... I. I... All right, I think for me at least, even just the intro to the videos, I start to tune out immediately. Yeah. Like, hi, my name's Greg Lieberman. You probably don't know who I am, but I participated in the car movies. I have provided the free Furious. cars for these movies <laughs> like that. I was like, shit. oh my God. I, yeah, my eyes are rolling already. Just like, I can't. I can't finish another I can't 17. I can't give you 17 minutes of my attention no, right now. Yeah, I gotta go do something else. Too. Give me five yeah. minutes on the skyline. Yeah. Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got time. I don't have... Well, in this... In, again, like, go check him out. Look for yourself. He's just this dude on YouTube. He's, you know, Craig Lieberman or whatever his name is. But 
like for me and you, I think we're in a little bit of a different category where we must spend three hours a week focusing on the Fast and Furious movies. So like an extra, any extra minutes that I'm paying attention to Fast and Furious are like are real stretches of my tolerance, right? So like when you throw out a vid that's 23 minutes on the fucking skyline, you know, or the Toyota from the first movie, I'm like, mm, uh, I don't actually think I'm going to do that. I don't I, think I, that's going to be where my time is invested. It's one of those things like I like um what is it? yeah there's some sort of like correlation here like a picture is worth a thousand words video is supposed to be maybe more than that but mm-hmm. for, I get the feeling of just like ugh, I feel like I could have absorbed all of that if you just showed me a picture instead of a 20 minute video. Yeah just totally. Like picture, picture with some cool. like arrows, right? <laughs> of like we painted it this we like added this spoiler like just put some like arrows throw it yeah. in a powerpoint you know that sounds good enough for me you know i don't need the long intro like i don't need all that yeah stuff. give me like three pictures boom boom done boom 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 those Continue. are the three cars and the thing is like the dog has said like he, he provided three cars he has like <laughs> he has like 56 videos on youtube about these movies. it's like Dude, you got three cars you put in these. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't uh, know what that. So, I, I don't mean to throw shit at this dude. Come on the pod, Craig, actually. Come on the pod. Like, we would love, we would love to have you. I would love to hear stories of Craig Lieberman providing his three cars to these movies within the, like, framework of the hour long I record this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to it outside that. Right. Basically. Right. Um, do you want to do shout outs? Yeah. Let's All do right. some shouties. We have a little segment on this podcast that we like to call shout outs. These movies have a lot of product placement in them. And we just felt like in the spirit of that, just like from the wholehearted vibe of it, we should have some. Free product placement here on the pod. So these are products, situations, people, restaurants, whatever you want. Daryl, what do you want to shout out to this week? So it's become that time of the year where it's um, too hot to do anything. Even Mm. the boring task of sitting in your own home, working on your own computer, results in the unfortunate situation of sweaty ass. and (laughs) Swamp ass. One of the one of the greatest one of the greatest um, apparel inventions of all time has to be the running short. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so I only one only I only own one pair of running shorts, mm-hmm. and I purchased them as really as swim trunk. That's like swim swim short substitutes at some point because I'm not an active runner enough right. such that I would need a running short. I've always right. had. I just wear yeah, I wear like a basketball short, but. Right. A basketball short is not good at ventilation. It's no. just, it's too damn hot. So yeah. the running short, shorter short, like uh, the thinnest material possible. It's got that underpant built right into it. It's got the bib. <sighs> it's pretty nice. That beautiful and, little bib. Um, uh, the it is like wearing have... boxers and briefs at the same time. <laughs> But like an extremely light version. Like I feel like I don't have a single pair of underpants that is yes. lighter than yes. a single pair yes. of yes. underpants or shorts. 
of not running variety. Yes, I'm pro running short. I run, so that's mm-hmm. like one of the reasons I'm pro running short. Yeah. But um, I when I was maybe 11, I got my first pair of pair of what I would say are like like the modern wave of sneakers, right? Like, mm-hmm. I guess it was 2001. I must have been 11. Um, and, or 2000, 2000, 2001. So I'd been wearing like sneakers, I guess. They were like, you know, sneaks. They sneaks, they had he- big chunky heels that you that were cushioned and some of them lit up. I actually never had the light up ones, but like friends did. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. They were heavy, though, right? Yeah, Remember that? okay. And one time when I was 11, I went to the shoe store with my mom, and we got ourselves a pair of Fila's. Mm-hmm. It was like, I literally, I could lift it with one pinky. <laughs> it was so light. It was like nothing. Mom, check this out. Mom, <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, like I could, I could like like a Harlem Globetrotter, like balancing it on one finger. Mm-hmm. But I and then I put them on my feet. It was like I was wearing nothing. They were so mm-hmm. light. I was like, I'm in retrospect, I've had lighter shoes than that since. But like, it was like it blew my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. That is the same vibe I feel when I'm wearing running shorts. Of like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have to wear, you know, these like heavy swaggy sports fucking shorts you know mm-hmm. i have something like beautiful and breezy do you have the ones with the slit up the side are they slit up the side or are it's they not a, it's not a full slit it's got a little bit yeah. um but yeah they're nice and i feel like um i don't know i feel like when i was actually running like in high school and stuff yeah i don't know i feel like i didn't want that much of my leg out there but i'm at the point right now just like yo let's get some nice leg out there yeah it feels great real comfortable I'm trying to work them. I'm trying to maybe get a few more pairs. I just have like a, I don't know. I got something from Target a few years ago, which is yeah. very nice. But yeah. you know, I'm, I'm looking for more running store. shorts. Yeah, I'm looking for more running shorts to incorporate into my wardrobe. I think they're wonderful, and I want Good. some more. I'm with you, baby. Um, I want to shout out this week to. I gotta do it. Uh, I just finished playing through a video game. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to shout out to. Called The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, it's very big, popular video game right this second. Uh, okay. It is a sequel to a 2013 survival horror zombie video game. Whoa. And, uh, man, I there's some, like... <sighs> I, like, didn't want, read it or watch anything about it. Um... It got, like, spoiled in April, I think. Like, somebody, like, leaked the whole plot and, like, everybody was pissed off about it. But I, like, actively was like, shut it down. I don't want to read anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went in, like, cold. I thought it was, like, it was so fucking good. It was crazy. Like, I Mm -hmm. couldn't, I can't even, like, I'm still thinking about it. So, uh, I mean, can you break it down a little bit? So, what yeah. components of the of the video game are really stand out? Is it the plot? Is it the graphics? Is it some sort of innovation in the um, game mechanics or something? So, all right, let me just caveat this by saying, like, I know the haters of this game exist. They're out there and they're rampant. Mm-hmm. I'm not with you guys. 
You are free to live your beautiful lives and hate on this game as much as you want. I'm just not there. I'm not with you. I loved it. I loved it. So, uh, just caveat that. I know that exists. You don't have to email us about it. I, so the, it's like, one of the stories, like, beautiful and heartbreaking. Right? It's like about this girl who, well, the first one's about, like, this guy who finds this girl and takes her through this post-apocalyptic zombie world, and they mm-hmm. survive to get to, like, a place or whatever. I don't want to spoil it on the pod. And then the second one is sort of more centered on the little girl as it's sort of grown up more. But, um, yeah, it's just a really beautiful, like, touching, sad, horrific story. But coupled with that, it's scary as shit. It's, like, really good. You're, like... You are, like, really in it. And uh, the, the like, zombie encounters are, like, terrifying. And you can't see them. And you're just, like, listening for them. And you got it. You, I played on, a like, the hardest difficulty. And, like, uh-huh. you have no ammunition. Like, you have guns, but, like, you, you have oh. no bullets ever, basically. Like, fucking ever. So, like, you're literally there with, like, a stick. And you're in this room filled with like twelve no. zombies, and you're like, I gotta go sneak around and kill them. And it's so scary. No, it is so scary, dude. And you're like, they'll scuttle by onto the left side. You're like, <laughs> like I'm literally, I'm jumping, scared. There were two times when I was playing it where like I had yeah. stopped playing for the day and I went to sleep, and my girlfriend came up to bed after I had gone to sleep and woke me up, and I woke up being like. <laughs> I, was, I had night terrors. <laughs> I'm not even into scary shit, but like, yeah. it was, I was so into it. I was so into yeah. it. Yeah. That is, that's amazing. I, I don't know if I had the chops to sort of stand up to, the, to that type of thing. I yeah. think the last zombie video game I played was a number of years back. And, um, Jess was working at this, um, augmented reality thing. And they had just like a, it, it wasn't. Even, I probably wasn't even full game. Just like a demo of this augmented reality zombie game, yeah. and they place you there, and you have those weird little like Wii controllers oh, with halos yeah. on them. Yeah. But they just like place you in a sewer, and they have a bunch of zombies attack you. I was like, I can't take this shit. It's too scary <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah. I got the 360 sound, and like they're everywhere. Just like, oh, yeah, I already feel myself getting all. Um, Hot and sweaty. Like yeah. I can't handle that pressure. It I is for sure extremely wouldn't. hot and sweaty. I can't even describe it. It was so terrifying the whole time, the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And it's long. It's like thirty hours of video game, and you're like thirty hours of like shitting your pants. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. But it's and and then mechanics wise, it's so satisfying. Like when you mm. actually like kill them, it's it's so fucking like take it's crazy it's super gory so like you like throw a brick at a zombie and then like run up and like axe his head open it's nasty man it's fun i had a blast playing that fucking game i had a blast so listen haters you live your hater lifestyle i love you i'm not even i don't even play that many big i play maybe like one and a half video games a year Mm -hmm. right and like this one did it for me. Loved the wow. first one in 2013 when it came out. Love this one now. I would recommend both extremely highly. Yeah. Exclusively Excellent. on PlayStation. Ah. 
So, uh, yeah. You want to get back to Too Fast? Sure, sure. Um, Bullet, as a nickname, didn't really stick for Brian, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that a reference to the fact that you, oh, you were a cop before, and now you're in exile, so we're going to oh. call you Bullet because you probably shot people, including Johnny Tran in the back. Yeah, he shot him in the back. I thought it was just because, like, oh, he's so fast. He's like a bullet. <laughs> he's so fast. Silver skyline bullet. Silver skyline bullet, you know? Mm-hmm. They call him it, I think, twice in this movie. When, so, uh, if you remember, Jin calls him Bullet yes. one time. Does yes. somebody else call him Bullet? At the poker scene, I think Jin calls him Bullet. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's when they bring the cars in. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But in the first scene, I believe he rocks up to the line and Devin is like, What up, Bullet? <laughs> <laughs> So it's clearly it. a nickname like that the gang knows, right? Like they mm-hmm. call him Bullet. <laughs> Didn't stick. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool in one of the newer movies to see Ludacris be like, "Calm down, Bullet." <laughs> <laughs> like bring it out again. Uh huh. I mean, it's it's interesting because in uh, seven, at least, or is it no in eight and seven? They're like he misses the bullets. That's what he misses most about being copies. Maybe he just bullets. misses Miami and his crew oh, there. Yeah. Simpler times, yo. Simpler times. Jet skiing, driving Evos around. Yeah, eating pizza. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the way to do it. Um, I think it's too close to Buster, probably, is mm. one of the reasons it was dropped. Buster yeah, is I mean, better and also starts with a B. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just call him Busta forever. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, uh, so I spoke before about, um, like Brian's turn from cop to criminal at the end of one, four. Oh, four, okay, yeah, four. right? Yep. Yeah. His, the whole idea was that, yep. hey, after trying to, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, get clemency or something for mm-hmm. Dom for yep. his for his good deeds, he yep. loses faith in the police in the system, system. And, yep. in the justice system, and, and yeah, breaks bad and becomes full bad guy. But um, it sort of seems like the origin of that feeling is this movie, because, right, if we think about, right, uh, uh, yeah, Brian O'Connor from one to two, he becomes, he goes cop to sort of like fugitive. Fugitive. He yeah. gets, well, right. He gets, of, he, definitely. Right. Yeah, definitely fugitive. He gets uh, through this, what do they call this? Like, uh, he's not an informant. He's not an informant, but he's working for the local PD and customs, right? They, he's hired help. Yeah, and, not even hired. I don't think he's getting paid. I think he's yeah. getting like, Threatened, but he's, yeah, he's gonna threat. I would I would call him a CI, criminal informant. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's an informant. But I think uh, the end of this movie would suggest that hey, like uh, his character Brian O'Connor has this feeling where like hey, like if you're a good guy, you're doing the right things. Like the justice system will actually work for you, right? Yeah. It worked for him, and it worked for his buddy Tyrese, it right? Did. He wasn't 
it wasn't just like I'm Brian O'Connor, like I messed up, I have an opportunity to do this. He was able to flex that um I don't know, that relationship with mm-hmm. the cops in order to sort of bring his friends to the right side. And I think, you know, like that's why he believes that he can save or whatever. He can absolve I Dominic get that, like, Toretto. He was like it worked last time. Why wouldn't it work this time? Mm-hmm. And I think that is what, I mean, that sequence of events and that sort of combination of things uh, only adds to his sort of level of disappointment in at the end of four when he's not able to uh, clear Dom. But I think that's one point there where, right, um, it's not just a movie anymore. They're just like, come on, he's he's a criminal. We can't let him go for this type of thing. And right. You know, I think it. I think watch. I think the backwards watch, especially, has sort, sort of, of highlighted eliminated that. Yeah. Well, I would. I mean, Tyrese wasn't actively under warrant for an arrest, right? Like he ha- he had actually gone through the criminal justice system, obviously, and mm-hmm. had been put on some sort of home arrest release type of thing with his ankle bracelet. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Brian, I guess he was like a fugitive and act. I'm sure like in California they had a, a warrant out for his arrest. Right, because they, they, like, Bilkins had a rap sheet. I'm just trying to think if there's any differences between the situations, right? Like, mm-hmm. like is it that Vin Diesel, as the judge says, a lifetime of mis- has this lifetime of misdeeds versus Brian? You know? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that... Really, is the difference. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, uh, at Brian's the end white. of four, he might have an easier time in the criminal justice system mm-hmm. <laughs> because of that. Brian should have called Bilkins at the end of four. Is what he should have done. Call it Bilkins, like Bilkins. I need another favor here because Bilkins seems to be the guy, the one that's sort of helping him through, helped him through one, got him out of this Bilkins mess here. Would be a great return right it, absolutely like Cold I, would, I would say number two on my return wish list mm-hmm. basically if Bilkins came back <laughs> is he alive don't know um my guess is my guess is no uh-huh. <laughs> but i'm uh-huh. just guessing i'm just guessing just think if Bilkins was like any time you had um, Ryan Reynolds, you just had Bilkins instead. Oh my in, god! Oh, the Hobbs and Shaw. If Bilkins was like the director for Hobbs in Hobbs and Shaw, how incredible that would be! If it turned yeah. out that it was Bilkins the whole time, like trying to craft a new civilization. Hell yeah! Oh, he's very alive. He's 69. Good. Good. Yeah. I'm very happy to actually hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Bring him back. Make him the director. That would be an incredible <laughs> twist. That would be an incredible twist. Um, Daryl, I got one more question on this movie, and then I think we should mm-hmm. wrap it up. Yeah. Is, it, is the club called The Pearl, or is it called The Pearl at Midnight? Do we know? It could it could go either way. It's probably it really called the could Pearl. go either way. Yeah, 
You think it's like the pearl, and then she's like, at midnight at is midnight. the time I would like you to meet us at. They're just the line delivery is so confusing. <laughs> she's like, yeah, pearl at midnight? Pearl at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever. What time? Whenever you want. Whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just weird. I, I don't know. I could see a club in Miami be, being called the Pearl at Midnight, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of a good name for a club. I like it better than just the Pearl. I think Me the too. Pearl sort of like, uh, it can go either way, but the Pearl at Midnight is seems like a little bit more of a place I would hang out at. The other possibility is it is called the Pearl at Midnight, but in when she's saying it, she's just shortening it to the Pearl and mm. also saying, meet me there at Midnight. <laughs> So meet me at the Pearl of Midnight at midnight is the I long mean, form of what both. she would say. It's both. Right. It's, it's both. But the, local, but the local Floridians sort of understand what that means. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. It's absolutely. not ambiguous. It's not ambiguous to the locals. No, it's not ambiguous at all. Like, it's a beautiful popping club with a weird torture chamber in the back. Um, that's it for me this week. I think yeah. that's a wrap. It was not. It was okay watching this. I didn't have that bad a time, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. So, uh, but if you want to have a good time with us, you can always reach us at Nolt Podcast on Twitter. We have an email. No one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. No one likes the tuna podcast. We have a Patreon. We have a Patreon, no one, uh, patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, uh, Fredo, Steph, Patrick, and our new patron, Daniel. Fucking welcome. Welcome, welcome man. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to throw us a buck, you can do that there, patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. Uh, we don't really have any tiers. You just throw us, I have like tiers one to through four, but you get everything. In all tiers. We're very late on the t-shirt type situation. We're trying to make it happen. Bear with us. But we also have some exclusive Resident Evil podcast. And announcing now, today, after the Resident Evil podcast, we got two more of those to do over the next couple of months. And then we're going to start a uh, mini Pitch Black Chronicles of Riddick Riddick review thing on the patreon you can also vote on uh the movie we watch in between cycles there's just lots i post sometimes if you message me there i'll respond mm-hmm. we love you guys all of you um uh, anywho uh oh and always rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify follow us on spotify that stuff really actually helps us out and we love doing this for you guys so that's it from me daryl that's a wrap for me too. No All right. Next to Tuna Podcast. Until next time. Next next week. Number one. Next week. And then we're done with the backwards bullshit. Mm-hmm. All right. Fuck these it's movies. A good cycle. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh.